0: Welcome to episode 33 of Super Entertainment Presents the Intelligent Crossover Universe on the Grand Gignol Network. Coming to you from Castle Wolfenstein, hosted by the TVCU crew. Joining me are the cool one, crazy Ivan Shabowski, lover of cheese. The classy one, James Boyachuk, CEO of 18th Wall Productions. And the pun master, Chris Nigro, author and founder of Wild Hunt Press. And I am the networker, Robert Ironsky, professional geek and creepy weirdo. We are the TVCU crew. The TVCU crew are a team of crossovers who devote way too much of their time to connecting the dots through official crossovers and Easter eggs in order to demonstrate a shared fictional reality that we call the Television Crossover Universe. And now for the shameless plugging segment. Uh, So, Chris, we will start with you. Uh, What do you have to shamelessly plug today? I think I could
1: shamelessly plug something in in terms of the theme of today's uh, topic... which is, yes, my website, the Godzilla Saga, that has been up a long time. I am in the process of updating it and revamping it, and I think it is going to be rad, if you pardon the pun. Nice.
0: Um, You know, that has a timeline on it, right? It certainly does, and that, too, I'm going to be revamping and updating. until, Until you made me watch Destroy All Monsters, I did not realize that um, it took place in the futuristic year 1999 Till I watched it again. <laughs> Boy, I can't
2: wait till 1999. What's that? I can't What's wait until that year comes.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it looked really cool. Well, I planned the
1: party like it's 1999 anyway, so it doesn't matter.
0: Sorry. It, is that, is that all for your plugs? That's all for my plugs. And your puns? I'm now plugged up. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Ivan, how about you? Do you have anything to plug, talk about, contemplate?
2: Nah, not really.
1: Right. <laughs> I thought your toilet I'm, was. I'm just, Isn't that something to plug?
0: Sorry.
2: I thought his toilet was. Nope. I'm, I'm too cool to plug stuff. I'm a cool one, remember?
0: Yeah, that's right. He's the cool one. He just posts pictures with all the cool celebrities. Lots and lots of pictures. <laughs> Matter of fact. We, we, were, we were we were mentioning um I can't remember if we mentioned in the intro for last week or if we mentioned it off thing that um there was some something we were wondering oh um if if you if you were a certain character secretly and I said it would be on your timeline if if, 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 <laughs> if you were
2: it really would
0: <laughs> so James there
2: are several I, characters I may be, but I guarantee they're on the timeline
0: yeah, right, yes.
3: So, my shameless plug this week is that just recently we opened our newest call for short stories and novellas, and we're looking for supernatural stories set in the 1920s. Oh, for, and this what? is one of my favorite titles we've had so far speakeasies and spiritualists. So supernatural stories. So we're looking for supernatural horror, supernatural adventure, supernatural mystery. We want you to really look into the supernatural culture of the 1920s, into the spiritualists, into Rose Macklenburg, into Houdini and his army of spookbusters. Look at the actual history and then build from there and expand it. We've had some great stories so far, and we are always excited to see more. And for my shameful plug, I just recently read Christopher Polcari's hat on, King of Opar the latest full novel in the Opar series, which was started by Philip Jose Farmer back in the 70s. And it's remarkable. He's... There are a lot of new Tarzan novels coming out now, now that the characters finally public domain, and also now that the family has realized hey, people kind of want to read more Tarzan. And Carrie is I think, the one author who most gets ERB's spirit and what you should be doing with the character in the world. Because a lot of the other ones just feel like fan fiction in the worst way. Like they're not adding anything, and they're not really understanding how the stories work or what the tone is. So he does a remarkable job of that, and I'll be honest, Carrie's Opar novels are better than Farmer's. Wow. I really think... That's the shocking thing. Let's have people get angry at me, but... I prefer his to Farmers. I think he has a much better grasp of what the Opar series and the ancient history mm. subgenre really needs to work. And it's also a lot more character focused with more action. So it has more right. of everything with the world building. And I have to say, I'm impatient for the next one because the last sentence twist in this book is just shocking. And that is my plug. Nice. All right. Um, what do you got?
0: I um, just have some announcements. Well, one announcement and one plug. um, A shameful plug. Uh, So first, um, I mentioned this last week, and I just want to bring it up again. Um, We do a lot of crowdfunding, but um, this time around, it's our network who's doing a crowdfunder. Um, The studio gets very hot in the summer, which not only affects uh, the people, in the studio, but it also affects the computers, the, the equipment, and all that stuff, uh, which can overheat. Uh, so we're trying to get an air conditioner. Um, by the time this airs, it should already be up and running, and you'll should you be able to find it on trick or com. You'll be able to find it on, you'll be able to tr- find it on Um But we're just trying to raise money for an air conditioner, and there's going to be um, a lot of lot of rewards um which I heard about um, just before recording this, but um, I didn't write them down, so I'm not going to say, say them and inaccurately say them. But I uh, but I will say that it involves a, a, a lot of really fun stuff that you can do to participate in any of the shows on the Grand Game All Network. Um, so I even this one, even this one, they can uh, for a certain amount of money, they can program our final segment and make us do anything for for five minutes. <laughs> we will be the puppets um, there's also um, a reward where um there's a there will be a special episode where um, uh, that will be an amalgamation of all the episodes i mean all the different shows on the network um, and and it will be specially recorded just for certain people who who pledge a certain amount of money um, and then um, there's an opportunity to be on a show or there's an opportunity for um, to choose the segment like for the other shows you can choose a film to review for our show they can choose a crossover topic um, and then we will talk about that crossover topic um, so um, they really should give money because if they, <laughs> because it's really good for us and it's really good for them it's it's as uh, Michael Scott would say win 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 because they win we win <laughs> and Michael Scott wins all right. Um, so, and the other, other thing to, uh, talk about, um, as we've been doing for the last few weeks, uh, we met a lot of p- cool people at Scaracon. and, um, you know, and everybody who I took a card from, I said I would mention them on the show, but I, I didn't want to take up a whole show doing that. So I'm doing one in a, a week. Um, uh, so this week I'm mentioning another podcast, um, uh, that I was on called the Dorkening, uh, which is a, a brilliant name for a sh- for a geek show, um, and um, like I mentioned with the other show, I don't know which episode I was on or if I was just in a promo or what, uh, but there was a video segment to this one, uh, which um, is also on my Facebook, so you so you can scroll through my Facebook for that. Um, but they they are awesome, um, and they were also on a panel with us. Um, so, um, uh, Leo Pond was on, on the panel with us, and uh, it's a great show. You should subscribe to it, download it, listen to it, rate it, all that stuff. Um, it's, on, it's on iTunes, uh, because that's where I, I subscribe to it. Um, and that's all for that. Uh, so stay tuned, because after the commercial break, we'll be talking with our special guest Godzilla. I mean... We'll be talking about <laughs> Godzilla. <laughs> so we will be yeah, right back. Yeah, we have in the studio. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but that well, we, 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 are a we are in
0: a castle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll be right back. All right, we're back. Uh, originally, we were going to talk about um, the Toho Cinematic Universe when we talked about other cinematic universes a few weeks ago, um, but we ran out of time. So now we're going to do a whole show for it. And uh, Chris is our our bi- biggest expert on 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 Godzilla and the Kaju and Toho cinematic universe. Uh, so we're going to turn it over to him to moderate, and then um, we're just going to interrupt him like constantly with puns. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> hey,
1: well, I guess um. Tying this in, shamefully, on what I do on the Godzilla saga, mm-hmm. yes, um, I divide the various Toho universes that we've seen from Toho into a couple of timelines, because we've had basically several different series. The uh, the first, well, actually, the first movie, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, from 1954. Mm-hmm. I, I refer Is that the one with Matthew Broderick?
3: That's
1: Close. the best one. Close. Actually, oh. Raymond Burr in the American version, but no American actor in the Japanese version. But gee, you weren't sure. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> You've thrown him off already. <laughs> as, I, as I was saying, I consider Godzilla in the first movie to be Godzilla Prime because... The events of that first movie, Godzilla's Attack on Tokyo, in 1954, I consider it a nexus event because several other timelines introduced by Toho in the movies all had the first 20th century appearance of a kaiju going back to Godzilla's 1954 Attack on Tokyo. Mm. With um, little variation in that event. And that encompasses the Shawa series, which is the first timeline, that ran thirteen movies and actually one, at least one Sentai TV series produced by Toho. I'll get into that a little more though, and that that seminal 1954 event also marked off the Heisei series, which was the second. Now the third Godzilla series, um, produced by Toho, the Millennium series there were, I believe, one, two, three, four, five, six movies. had to count to make sure, but there were five timelines, five separate timelines, but oh. all of them tied back into 1954. And I think Rob almost had a question. What was that?
0: Oh, no, I was just going, hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought
1: maybe you sneezed or something, but anyway, um, so um, now as for the... The upcoming Godzilla movie from Japan, Godzilla Resurgence, which will be released in Japan next month, it is going to start a completely new continuity where this version of the Kaiju King, as I call him, will be appearing in Japan in 2016 for the first time. So I refer to this as the, the Shintoho verse. Because the Japanese version is called Shin Godzilla. It has nothing to do with the fact that he has these really freaking big hips, which he does. But Shin is, I guess, their word for new. So this is part of the Toho Megaverse, but not the, what I call the classic Toho Multiverse. Since it does not have that 1954 event. So but
2: this one is a legitimate reboot.
1: It is. I'm not sure if, if it would be so, if it's a reboot or a reimagining, but pretty much yes, a reboot, since it is done by Toho, so I would include it part of that megaverse, but it's distinct from the multiverse that includes the Shoho, or the, the, um, the Shawa Toho verse, excuse me, the Heisei Toho verse, and the five Millennium Toho verses. And, um,. If you want to include the Mark Saracini novels, I believe they are also part of that multiverse, which I happen to call, and this is very original on my part, the Saraceni Tohoverse. But anyway, <laughs> wow. we're sticking to movies and TVs here, primarily. And the interesting thing about the Showa series, which I would say kicks off with the first sequel, Godzilla Raids Again, in 1955. Back then, Toho produced a lot of kaiju films, that were not directly related to Godzilla, uh, um, like Rodan first right. appeared. Yep, in his own film in nineteen. 19- well, actually, two Rodans appeared in that movie um, in nineteen fifty six, and Mothra in her own movie in nineteen sixty
2: one. Mothra.
1: Sorry, <laughs> I'll try to forgive you. But <laughs> anyway,
2: stuck were- in the throat. <laughs>
1: Well, anywho, what's also interesting is um, Toho loved kaiju so much that even some of their sci-fi movies, like The Mysterians, had a kaiju guest star. One of their disaster films, Gorath, had a kaiju guest star. And even a couple of them that did not still ties into that universe. So the important question I'm thinking, when do we first get an official crossover? In my opinion, that would be King Kong versus Godzilla as that was not a crossover from within the Toho-verse,
0: mm. but
1: actually was the only time where Toho reached outside what they owned, their own universe, and brought in an American rival. And Universal at the time, as it does now, owned the King Kong property. So they that was the highest grossing Godzilla film in history from Toho, by the way, still. And it was interesting because like I said it was I mean it was a red tape nightmare for Toho. They wanted to do a series of solo Kong films. But there was so much red tape that as a matter of fact, Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster was originally supposed to be King Kong versus Ibara, which was oh. by the
0: way. You know, I, I just watched that one last night too.
1: Mm-hmm. If you if you watch it if you could tell that was supposed to be the King Kong the first solo King Kong movie but they had so many problems with universal there that they hastily substituted godzilla in the script which means we almost got a crossover between king kong and mothra and it just so sucks we didn't yeah and the only other time king kong appeared was in king kong escapes right and toho did that movie basically just to do just to make use of uh, yeah, and the Kong suits that they yeah. made.
0: <laughs> what their we, money's worth.
1: Indeed. But we did get an interesting Toho crossover for, crossover ap- appearance because King Kong Escapes brought us Gorosaurus, who later went on to have that major role in Destroy All Monsters. He's that cool giant carnivore with that kangaroo kick. Once you see it, you never
0: forget it. Now, which of the and
2: that's all part of the Shawa series, right?
0: Yes. Which, which okay. was the first movie to establish a shared universe, though, of the the Showa films? Which was the first one to have have more than one monster series um, link up within, within the,
1: Toho, as opposed to yeah, yes. within Toho. That I would have to say was the next one after King Kong versus Godzilla, which was Godzilla versus Mothra. Okay. That I would, yes, that I would say is the first official link of the of of the the Shawa Toho verse from Toho's own properties.
0: So that's interesting. In my mind, I always thought that um, the King Kong versus Godzilla came like much later, but it actually came first.
1: 1962,
0: released in Japan. Ah.
1: Oh. And then it it just I mean Toho knew they were onto something with these crossovers. So later that same year, we got um, Ghidorah, the three headed monster, which brought not only, yeah, not only Godzilla and Mothra back together, but brought back one of the Rodans. Right. And also introduced King Ghidorah, who would also go on to be a major Toho kaiju involved in crossovers. And. To keep going on with this, the next year we got Godzilla vs. Monster Zero. I'm going by the video release titles. These movies had multiple titles, by the yeah,
0: way. Yeah,
1: yes. And, and you'll notice, for example, the international title for Godzilla vs. Monster Zero was Invasion of the Astro Monster. I don't like that, by the way. <laughs> and uh, on TV, it played forever as simply Monster Zero, which was its original American release. Right. Who, who is a host on te- uh, Trick or Treat Radio? I'm sure they've had <laughs> yes, some <it> inspiration. <laughs> and yes, that brought back Godzilla, Rodan, and King Ghidorah, which also introduced another interesting crossover aspect, was the alien invaders who used Kaiju. Right. The x That was cool, whoever just said that. But anyway, um, and then I would say on from there, with Godzilla versus the Sea Monster, now that was when the Toho... Uh, Films started getting cheaper because you'll notice in Godzilla vs the Sea Monster, we didn't get any city destruction scenes. It was an island film. Yeah. So you could see after Godzilla vs Monster Zero, the budget started plummeting.
2: So that's actually one of my favorites. It it had its charm.
0: It's it was like the Three Stooges meet Godzilla, (laughs) In in a way, with the with the the guys.
2: Well, it, it did bring well, back, the, Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I, I love the way that the humans decided they had to wake up Godzilla and actually use him in order to, to save the rest of them somehow. It, would, it just completely goes against character to think, okay, Godzilla is the destroyer. Godzilla is going to wreck everything. Oh, wait, we need him and we're actively going to seek him out. If not, he's going to happen to be there and take out the bigger monster. We actually want him, and we're bringing him in on purpose.
1: Right. Well, you know what was interesting about about that, Ivan, about Godzilla versus the sea monster? It was more or less the official beginning of what I call Godzilla's ambiguous period. I mean, in terms of his moral relationship with the human race. Prior to that, he was a force of destruction, even in the Shawa Toho verse. And from the beginning. right. But later, in, in, in um, Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster, Mothra kind of convinced Godzilla and Rodan. I mean, Mothra was always a hero. But she, or heroine if you want, she telepathically convinced Godzilla and Mothra to join her in driving King Ghidorah away. And basically, that was the beginning, I would say, of Godzilla's, in Rodan, yes, ambiguous period, where they weren't really... Protectors of the human race, per se, I would think they were more protecting the planet or territory than anything against King Ghidorah. But they ceased a direct hostile relationship, you know, with the human race unless they were under the control of aliens, which happened a couple of times. I,
3: I like the the
0: the one film where um, Mothra convinces the other two monsters to, um, and, and we actually get to hear the translation from from the two the two little. The The Shobian. Yeah, the twins. Uh, So, like, and Godzilla's like, like, screw them. The humans are always trying to mess with me. Why do I want to help them? And Mothra's, like, pleading with them, and he's, like, he's kind of like the Hulk, you know, like trying to get the Hulk to join the the Avengers, you know. Did Rob use the wrong pronoun for Mothra, Ivan? I think maybe he did. Did he say he did? Yeah, I probably did Probably did. It's
2: possible, but I thought he used a C for Godzilla. I didn't hear him give a pronoun for Mothra.
1: Oh, yeah, because I believe he said... What what difference does it make? Anyways, I'm... uh, (laughs) Quiet, Chris. Mothra! Yes, you... you, That very catchy theme song from the... I'm sorry, it's stuck in my head. (laughs) There's worse places it could be stuck on you, Rob. But anyway, um... Sorry. Um... The official name for those awesome twins, by the way, is the Shobian, which is, translates roughly in Japanese as Little Beauties. But they've also been called the Peanuts because those twins were actually a singing duo in Japan called the Peanuts. Mm. And also the... That's fairy- adorable. Yep. They, they were in adorable incarnate as far as I'm concerned. They were awesome. Even if they did have that annoying habit of talking in tandem, they were Rad. Or as my friend Jamie would say, awesome-as. But, um, and by the way, Mothra got short-shrifted short as far as I'm concerned in Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster because she barely appeared until the end, at the climax.
0: Yeah, she slept through the whole thing.
1: Yeah, and it was also out of character for Godzilla to attack her, too. But see, that was originally supposed to be King Kong. who right. Never right. So after that, we got one that I think is close to Ivan's heart. Son of Godzilla. Which really solidified yeah. Godzilla's yes, ambiguous period. He became a surrogate dad. To now, whatever... Oh, go on.
0: That's the one where um, it kind of actually takes place in the real world and in the child's imagination.
1: Oh, no, that's Godzilla's... No, reception. not
0: that one. Yes. Oh, okay.
1: Son of Godzilla actually took place... That was their second island film in a row, by the way. Just different islands, Salgel Island. Yeah. The one with Ibera was, um, I believe, I'm trying to think of it. Um, I can't think of the name off the bat because it was never mentioned in the American version. But Sal Island was the one and son of Godzilla, and we meet Minilla. Now, I, I, Manila was supposed to be a baby Godzilla, but he never grew up, even by 1999. So I don't know what he was supposed to
2: be. <laughs> so oh, he grew to... up. You've seen the movie in 2004.
1: Well, that was baby oh. Yeah, well, that was... Oh yeah, but see, okay. Ivan I was making a kind of a joke there for those who are not familiar with the movie. He increased in size, which was kind of taken from Godzilla's Revenge. But I'm kind of we're kind of getting nonlinear here. But um, <laughs> after um, Son of Godzilla, we got basically the ult- up to that point the ultimate Toho um Shao, uh, uh, The Shao Tohoverse crossover film, and in general, I would say major Toho crossover, destroy all monsters. And they brought in kaiju from several films that never that never appeared with Godzilla before that. Um, Anguirus did, by the way. First was Godzilla's first kaiju nemesis in Godzilla Raids Again. And for those who are curious, they brought in Manda, the sea serpent from Atragon, which was a Toho adventure film that guest-starred a kaiju, and also brought in Gorosaurus from King Kong Escapes, and also had cameo appearances from Baragon, from Frankenstein Conquers the World, and Varan, who they never mentioned. We just saw him in a couple cameos flying right. from this yep, Toho solo film in 19... 19- um, 1957, Veran the Unbelievable.
0: So, speaking of linear, um, I mentioned earlier in the earlier segment that um, I, I noticed for the first time that this film took place in 1999. Um, so, were all the previous films contemporary, and then all of a sudden they jumped 30 years into the future? All except that one. Mm-hmm. So, it- all the ones that follow were
1: contemporary, also. Um, yes, everyone that followed. I, I, in, in, as, as far as my research conclusions go, they were they were contemporaneous.
0: So mm-hmm. does that mean that this one chronologically takes place after all the other ones? Yes,
1: where okay. Monster Island, yes Monster Island, or as they called it in that film, Mon-
0: Monsterland,
1: mm-hmm, was established. Where basically, in the it shows that by 1999, in the. In the Shao Toho-verse, a harmonious relationship was established between the human race and the monsters because they were confined to that yeah. island.
0: Uh, yeah, until, well, it wasn't harmonious so much as they were trapped there.
1: <laughs> well, and, and, I, they were trapped there, but I, I guess the idea was they were happy, I guess. I yeah, mean, yeah, like,
0: they, a, like a zoo. <laughs> yes,
1: until, uh, well, they yeah, never... Because the they, animals in the zoo were so happy. Right. Well, it was, it was. they never really did a Jurassic Park with them. There were just a couple of hidden scientific research labs. To my knowledge, though, yeah, it was never open to the public.
0: Right, right. Yeah, it was more to keep them safe and keep yeah. them away from hurting people. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I saw it more as a, a, a conservation area for kaiju, basically, more than like a zoo, um, which Jurassic Park definitely was, but... Uh, that is until that alien race, the Kylaks, came around and freed nice. them and <laughs> turned them. Oh, by the way, Rob, I thought I would segue and mention, I love the sounds that those guns in um, Destroy All Monsters had. Remember when they had the shootout with those, with those people controlled by the Kylaks? Those guns? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to say that. And um, then it ended with that awesome battle between all the Kaiju against, uh, from Monster Island, against King Ghidorah. That was, unfortunately, we didn't get to see Baragon and Varan join the fight because they only got cameos, if anyone is curious, because the suits were not done in time until, like, the last minute. Oh. In fact, Varan, they never got the suit done, so they they just used the flying model left over from the original film. And without naming him. And, in fact, the scene in Paris where Gorosaurus, you know, First side of the ground, and the script that was supposed to be Baragon. Baragon was the monster that burrowed, but the suit wasn't ready, so they had to replace him with Gorosaurus in that scene. I don't think too many people cared. I don't know, maybe he got in the source system. Probably not. <laughs> well, yeah, and so so basically, he was returned to that. The monsters they had that harmonious existence. You'll notice in the Toho Kaiju verse something that's mentioned in the articles on my website is that um, the technology there was different. It was more advanced than in our own reality, because obviously things were different. The weapons they had to develop to use against the Kaiju and the periodic alien invasion incurs. well, you know, obviously they would have more advanced technology, and you'll notice the nations in that world had great cooperation, because they had to create the Earth Defense Force against the Mysterians. So, yeah, there were differences. you got to admit, those Maser weapons were awesome.
3: Yes. So, Chris, question. For some of the more outray things, where do you place the best Godzilla movie ever made? The 1998 American one.
1: Oh, the the, the one Oh, the one with Raymond Burr. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, I personally, first of all, I should say I consider the Kaiju from Godzilla 1998 as we call it to be an entirely different Kaiju. Thanks to Toho, who we who they just call Zilla. Zilla. Yes. yes, yes. If there's any universe I place it in, it's what I refer to as um, the Millennium Three Toho verse, because that film with the unwieldy name of Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, um, giant monsters all out attack. There was a <sighs> reference to that incident of exactly. a yes of a giant monster mistaken for Godzilla that attacked New York City.
0: Okay. Yeah, Yes. Yeah, so I, I agree with you on that one. I'm yes. Glad so that's personally that. I placed that movie in
2: the three dollar bin at Walmart.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and Chris, what do you do with Planetary Number Two?
2: I basically I'm
1: uh, um, basically I don't include that in the Toho verse because I saw the the original. I would say pre-Infinite Crisis Wildstorm universe as as being a strange amalgam of many different universes. Not only the Toho-verses, but the Marvel universe and um, the crossover universe as um, Winscott Eckert conceives it and Sean Levin. And so I didn't really see it as part of the Toho-verse, but there were parallel elements from all these different universes. It was a mishmash universe. Okay. If that makes sense. And... I should say, for Zilla, Destroy All Monsters wasn't really was eventually eclipsed. I should say, as the ultimate Toho crossover film, Godzilla: Final Wars had more monsters, right. more kaiju, and it, that was in the Millennium Five Toho verse. And we finally got to see the real Godzilla thrash Zilla.
0: So, so why why do they why do all those Millennium ones take place in separate timelines? Well, it was made very clear.
1: With the exception of Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, the next one, Godzilla Tokyo SOS, was obviously a sequel. But the others were very clearly separate timelines. The premise of the Millennium um, series was to create different timelines that only had in common that 1954 Godzilla attack event, mm-hmm. and and basically the first the first four were a test run to see if they could make a continuing series of movies from whichever they deemed was the best and they chose number four they chose number four but those movies flapped so they decided to make the final one which appropriate enough godzilla final wars to occur in yet another universe because it was supposed to be standalone a farewell to the series
2: uh, Wasn't that yeah. one also set in the future that was not contemporaneous, was it? I saw it as
1: contemporaneous. I, I, I mean, other people may choose to read it differently, but I definitely saw it as contemporaneous.
0: But it was a contemporaneous that of a timeline where technology and the, the socio-political world had greatly changed because of the 1954 y- yes. event.
2: Well, certainly. And, <clears throat> and we just had many of the older movies in place in that universe. Right. Yes, there were Maybe many. Maybe not kaiju- the exact way we saw, but they, they were there, all those monsters wouldn't be known.
0: Right. Yes, there were
1: many kaiju incursions between them. So that that universe didn't see alien race. I mean, the exilians from Godzilla versus Monster Zero, they first appeared um, in 2004 in, uh, in the, the Millennium 5 Tohovers. And that the Heisei Tohovers didn't seem to have alien races at all. It just had kaiju. And um, the first official crossover with that, I would say, would be Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, seeing those two versions of the kaiju together. And uh, the the only real alien species, if you want to call it that, we saw, was that crystalline species that merged with the Godzilla DNA in space to create space Godzilla. Right. But in that movie, we got a new version of Mogera, the first robot kaiju who originally appeared um, in The Mysterious. But I should mention this, though, if we can include video games. I include the storyline from Nintendo's first Godzilla video game called Godzilla Monster of Monsters that was released in um, 1988. That was a major crossover fest because it, it, it not only had um, the exilians basically fighting humans for, I would say, dominance of the solar system. And uh, so that I do place at some point in the late 21st century of uh, the, the Shawa Toho-verse, when it brought in spacecraft from bat- from the Natal alien race, from Battle in Outer Space, 1965, where there were no kaiju. It brought in Matango from uh, the, the Toho mutant movie of the, the same name called in America, Attack of the Bush.
3: And there's our Karnacki, William Hope Hodgson reference for this episode.
1: <laughs> I killed Karnacki, sorry, but anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, and uh, and finally, I mean, I should say we have what I refer to as, which we're seeing now, the legendary Kaijuverse, which um, Legendary Pictures is bringing in elements of both um, Godzilla, and Greater Toho, and the King Kong mythos.
3: And Pacific Rim.
1: At, from what I've heard so far, this is just what I've heard, it might possibly have to be an alternate um, reality sort of thing with Pacific Rim. Since Clarence- oh, I'm sure
3: it's going to end up that way, since it's not yeah. official in any way in the slightest.
1: No, but it would be awesome to see them brought together. Yes. And, and to see Gypsy Danger team up with Mecca Godzilla against Godzilla.
3: Since the tie in to the twenty fourteen Godzilla was deleted for DVDs and was put in just as an Easter egg, yeah. Yeah. That's and not I, gonna last.
1: And I must confess I didn't even know about I, I didn't even know about that. Me, the expert, didn't know.
3: <laughs> Although it's still connected to the main thing because it's clear that the 1954 Godzilla happened. Yeah, from the Surazawa scale.
1: Right. So it so it happened differently, as revealed in the in the comic book published by Legendary. It was much more subtle. It wasn't a whole destruction of Tokyo. Um, they, I guess uh, the equivalent of the Earth Defense Force were seeking out evidence that they saw as Godzilla, but it wasn't until 2014 that it was confirmed.
0: And that's the TVCU concept for Godzilla. Is is so? It's nice when they uh, once again take our theories and make them canon.
1: <laughs> what can we? What can I say, Rob? We're influential. You're influential.
0: <laughs> it happens. It's happened a lot in the last five years where we've come up with a theory to include something, and then somebody makes it canon. And <laughs> I swear well, they must Polly be.
3: Hollywood is reading the blog.
1: <laughs> they must be. <laughs> so all the hits it gets I mean it's got to be uh, got to be a couple of Hollywood mobiles who, don't they read the internet too I mean they got to uh, be interested in all the attacks they get for the mistakes they make you know and
0: this this is a really useful conversation for me because um, when I wrote the horror crossover encyclopedia I, I very much um, avoided Godzilla except for a few little excerpts because um, you know, it was like, how do I include it? Or do I include it? Or, 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 or you know, I couldn't tell the timelines apart. Or which Godzilla timeline do you include? Yeah, and, and it, it confused me because I've never watched all of them in order. So I've just seen them all. <laughs> so I didn't even realize right. which timeline was which and stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, so, um, this is, this is extremely useful to me. I mean, it's clear that Godzilla took place in the the horror universe slash TBCU, um, uh, but I I, th- I think all of the others must not have, or maybe some of them might have, uh, I mean, I can't imagine, um, Rodan and Mothra not existing in the horror universe, um, but at, but at some point where the world really evolves and changes and stuff, that can't, that can't work for the, for, the, for the main horror universe. But it definitely can work for the horror multiverse, uh, which is pretty much like the multiverse you're describing.
2: Well, we have to face it. I if mean- you've ever been to the West Coast, I really think the smog monster Hedora has to exist. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you so, figure... Oh, I'm sorry. Go on.
3: So, Chris... Where did Godzilla fight Charles Barkley?
1: I uh, I <laughs> I spoke with Den Veldren about that and everything. And what I basically do, I mean, bad Char- ver- version of of Charles Barkley will have an entry in my updated um my updated glossary for the Godzilla saga. I see. Um, I believe basically that is a, a separate alternate reality where where the commercial where the commercial timelines take place, like the ones that Dr. Pepper released um, alongside. Yeah. yeah, where where Godzilla's love interest Newzilla appeared. Yeah, because those those two commercials were released in tandem with um, Godzilla nineteen eighty five. Because Do- Dr. Pepper, or I believe, doesn't Pepsi own Dr. Pepper?
2: Yes.
1: Yes, and I, I believe. Um, they helped sponsor the american release from new world pictures that you know in exchange for not only the use of godzilla in those commercials but so that they can include new footage of those military men gulping down cans of dr pepper you know in the in the film but but uh and that's where i think the charles barkley incident might take place too so i'm going to include that as a separate reality in its own right because uh, i I'd, I'd, I'd like to think uh it did quote unquote happen in s- somewhere in the toho multiverse the actually um I would say some somewhere, somewhere con- it's somehow connected to the to the the heisei toho verse because it seemed that those versions of Godzilla were included except maybe he was smaller he didn't have the eighty meter height and later one hundred meter height
0: now I have a question um Did the Marvel Comics Godzilla saga um, include the 1954 event as having happened? Yes. Yes, it it did. did. It
1: certainly did. Now, obviously, I don't include the mainstream Marvel universe in the universe. But it was one of those, what I would say, quantum elements that somehow got incorporated into its historical framework. Okay. So that's... uh, It's a very um, ubiquitous nexus incident that many universes, some of them even outside the Toho Megaverse proper, are included. But then there's others where it didn't.
2: Well, even the movie Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow had a, a even though it's set before
3: 1954.
0: Right. It had the Godzilla thing taking place in like uh, 1939-ish.
3: At the exact same time as King Kong. Yeah, yeah. Except and, and the ventures already the, sunk.
0: Yeah, basically like the same week. And,
2: and the same over the week at least that The Wizard of Oz came out in theaters.
3: Right. Yes.
1: And let's not forget King Kong, the RKO version anyway. Did he have a version, at least in the post-Crisis DC universe? Remember his appearance Ivan, yeah. with, with Project... F- some yes, yes, I do.
0: -hmm. Roy Thomas, Roy Thomas, a great crossoverist.
1: Indeed, and the Ultra Humanite almost took possession of King Kong's unliving body, almost. But the young All Stars messed messed that plan up, so he ended up
0: taking possession of a T Rex instead. I think that's um, part of um, when Dennis Power um, um, postulates that the the body that Ultra Humanite eventually uses in the '80s. Was um, the son of Kong?
1: Oh, you mean the the um the white the, the ape white ape? ape. Yeah, a uh, big brain. Yeah, literally. the a Luna mutant like brain actually. Yeah, but um so yeah, there's definitely elements of the of the of the Toho megaverse has creeped into these other um universes, and you know for universes like the the um the horror crossover universe and the um crossover universe on its own, I guess you'd call it. it a fitting in die yeah. Kaiju. Yeah, it's problematic because they are huge game changers for the, for, for, for a world. It's not going to look much like ours if there were many Kaiju incursions.
0: Right, exactly.
1: But I should say here, to give a future plug for my um, buddy and colleague Matt Denyon, a previous guest on the show, in his um newest book... um. The title is right on the tip of my tongue, um, stuck in my throat there. Um, the um,
0: the Kaiju and the Crime Fighter?
1: Yes, the Kaiju and the Crime Fighter. He's done an excellent job of building a universe that not only has superheroes as a major component, basically pastiches of the DC Universe heroes, more or less, but also of daikaiju Kaiju that are pastiches. Of the kaiju from the Toho verse that, that are integrated together in a common universe and towards a common purpose, which is very awesome. And I won't give too many spoilers except to say it ties into the folklore or legendary, I should say, origins of kaiju, which not only go back to world mythology with giant serpents like Umtayamut and Typhon but also in the Bible, with Leviathan and Behemoth. These are the folklore, or I should say, mythological um, antecedents of the Daikai Jew. Yes, if you read the descriptions, for example, of Leviathan and Behemoth in the Bible, you read those passages in the scriptures, you're getting a very good description of you know, using earlier lexicon, you know, ancient lexicon of the Daikaiju.
0: And, and Matt, Matt Denion's going to be back on our show in six weeks from now. Um, and and uh, that will be episode 39, airing on September 6th. And if that seems really far away, just keep in mind that this episode is actually airing July 26th. It is right now July 26th. So. <laughs> It'll be awesome to talk
1: about. To the future. Yeah. How mad! Um, ties that ties Kai Dai Kaiju in with um with superheroes, and in basically, yeah. yeah, basically that the um his novella asks because there are other short stories included that with the book about Kaiju is what would happen if Batman had a hold off Godzilla if he attacked Gotham City, basically. And wasn't that actually a
2: proposal back in the '60s?
1: It was indeed. Yeah. Almost, yeah. You know, we almost got a crossover between the um, Adam West version of Godzilla
0: and and <laughs> <laughs> really now Adam yes. West version of Godzilla. Oh yes, <laughs> the Adam West version of Godzilla would be
2: awesome indeed. And on... versus the <laughs> <of> Bruce Campbell <laughs> version of Batman. I guess I don't know.
1: Well, it was one of those projects that really should have happened. Yeah. And it's, it's depressing that it didn't, just like the Tarzan Mighty Joe Young crossover didn't happen. <laughs> and, and it would have been. And, you know, the uh, Toho's planned rematch of King Kong and Godzilla for the Haizei series didn't happen. That's also unfortunate because Turner Network, which then owned King Kong, asked for an exorbitant uh, licensing fee for. King Kong and Toho said, "Forget it. We'll replace it on the schedule with Godzilla versus Space Godzilla." I, I, th-
0: I think Godzilla versus the Sea Monster would have worked better but with King Kong.
1: Well, the, certainly because Godzilla's behavior was much like King. That was supposed right. to well, be King Kong, basically.
0: They just that, really, that movie yeah. makes more sense when I, when you now that you've told me that I, I'm picturing. It, 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 with King Kong, and it would have made more sense.
1: That's how the script was written. It would, with Godzilla's, in, you know, it was, just, it was just a replacement. They just added a couple scenes where he uses his atomic breath to right. you know, use it. <laughs> but um, otherwise, that was supposed to be King Kong?
2: Imagine if they had got the King Kong license to work out, and they did a King Kong versus Frankenstein movie.
1: Well, the, 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 um, originally in Frankenstein Conquers the World, in the original script, it was supposed to be Godzilla against uh, that giant version of Frankenstein. But when that uh, when that um, proposal fell through, Barragon was was replaced uh, was used to replace right. Godzilla. So yeah, and, and, and f- in fact, originally. Um, their their kids. Um, it was an, a, a Willis O'Brien story that uh, that ended up becoming King Kong versus Godzilla. It was supposed to be a follow up he wanted to do. I mean, shortly before his death, a movie I believe was supposed to be King Kong versus Frankenstein versus a gigantic version of the Frankenstein monster, which would have been beyond awesome ass. Yeah, I've I've
0: yeah. seen I've seen yeah, a uh, picture I've seen a picture. Was it a drawing or was yeah, it? Yeah,
1: ex- it was a storyboard.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done? It would have, it, and it looked, I mean, just, just from that one picture I was sold. <laughs> I bet mean, Frankenstein didn't have any
1: pants in that picture, so I'm not sure how they would have covered up as a member, but um, other than that, it would have been interesting to see just how they did that. But then that then project became King Kong versus the Ginkgo, which was supposed to be uh, a patchwork monster created by one of the Frankenstein clan from different animals and when they, when O'Brien died, they handed over that project to Toho, who said, "Yeah, let's put Godzilla in there," which we got to admit was uh, was still a fantastic idea. Right.
0: And that was Godzilla only Godzilla's third appearance. Godzilla versus the Geico? Ginkgo. Oh, okay, I was thought he was going <laughs> to sell him insurance.
1: I don't. I don't want to think <laughs> of a giant gecko lizard now that he was. You're right. right like. <laughs> Telling him how to save money in fifteen minutes. By the way, my grandmother loves the gecko lizard. By the way, but anyway, you know. But anyway, um, what what's not to love about a lizard with a, an English accent?
0: But um, so I, so I, we, we we need to wrap up. Um, final thoughts from me, or would anyone else uh, like to give from any from anybody?
3: I have none.
2: Well, I would just think that all timelines out there, all the fictional timelines. If they don't acknowledge Godzilla, it still happens somewhere back there and, and, you know, people cover it up. There is the Call of Cthulhu sourcebook, Secrets of Japan, that covers the idea that in the world of Call of Cthulhu role-playing, there was a Godzilla, not named Godzilla, but there was still a godzilla keh and it did damage a few cities. But everybody we really hard to cover it up because this Taiju is Japan's best defense against the large threats that could admit
1: those threats. And that can segue into my final... Oh, I'm sorry. i mean to cut you off. No, that, go ahead. Okay, that can segue into my final thought, which is another plug. And Ivan's aware of this, by the way, that on the Monster site, I uh, wrote an article called... Um, Dude, what happened to the Kaiju? Where I basically try to explain a way to integrate God, at least Godzilla, Rodan, and Mothra into the crossover universe without disrupting the framework that Wynn created. And it pretty much correlated with what Ivan just said. I encourage anyone who's curious about it to go to the Monster site
0: and read it. I, I will do that because because that's that's been my problem with the horror universe. <laughs> Because there are plenty of references to say that those creatures at least existed and some of those events happened. But it's, it's, it's still going to be the same world that Detective Munch lives in, so... <laughs> and then there's the Mothra religion. Don't forget that. Real religion. Ivan,
1: verify that. Tell him I'm not making this up.
0: He's not making that up. Do they get together and go,
2: Mothra! If yes, they don't, they're clearly missing an opportunity.
0: I mean, I mean, okay, th- that was, to me, the best part of Godzilla versus the Sea Monster, is they spent the whole two hours trying to wake him up by singing that over and over again.
1: Ivan, <laughs> I, th- I caught him this time. He clearly used the wrong pronoun for Mothra
0: this time. Yeah, I probably did. Yep. But, you know, I... I well, they
2: try to wake him up, and admittedly, when he said that, my thought was, they tried to wake up Godzilla with a Mothra song? Yeah, no. I... <laughs> They used electricity for that.
0: But but, um, I, know, but I, I know, I know. I often <laughs> I often refer to animals as um, whatever pronoun I feel like, so. Uh, I,
1: I, if it doesn't matter to humans, I guess it kinda sorta doesn't matter, right? If they don't like it, yeah, then Mothra's more of a
2: goddess than an animal. I,
0: I, I that way. I now. I am sure that social media is going to bombard me now with Mothra followers. <laughs> Who are angry at me <laughs> for how not about, not accepting the proper gender identity?
1: <laughs> how about we just yeah. accept it? I, Moth, we settle it this way. Mothra laid an egg without a mate, so Mothra is
0: intersexed. How about that? So, so what about Zilla, who uh, was was, that, fe, was female?
1: Oh no, Zilla was intersexed all the way because oh, okay. there, was, there was no mate required. That was, I mean. I think the yeah. pronoun is Z. Z was totally androgynous. Okay. But Godzilla
0: male... Godzilla
2: is likened to worms in the way it was able to be created.
0: Godzilla yeah. is male.
2: They did that. Even th- though
0: in Spanish, I'm taught that any any anything that ends with an A must be female.
1: As for mentioning the well, worms... I- oh, stop. Ivan. As for mentioning the worms, put an analid on it. So let's move to the next subject. All right.
0: Well, on that note... (laughs) Thanks for getting that in. (laughs) That is about all the time we've got for uh, this episode. And this was an awesome discussion, particularly because, I mean, as much as I love the Godzilla movies, the continuity of them has always screwed me up. Something about Japanese stuff, the anime does the same thing to me, screws screws with my head. Um, So this was... (laughs) And as a continuity nut... This was very important to me. Um, And I hope our listeners thought so too. Um, So we're going to go to commercial, and when we come back, we're going to say goodbye. We'll be right back. All right. That's about all the time we've got. Uh, That was a lot of fun. Uh, Thanks for everybody, especially Chris, our, our Kaju expert. Join us next week when we will be joined again by author Micah S. Harris. Micah will be our first three-time guest, and we're excited to have him back to talk about the re-release of Becky Sharp. Before we end, I want to thank our sponsor, Encom, and a special thanks to Tiny White and the Deadites for our show's theme music, Leaf on a Stream. Thanks to all who listened. Remember to subscribe to and rate our show on iTunes. And as always, everything happens somewhere. Good night.